Got mail. Hey guys, I was hoping we could hear from Casey what a good show is and her experience since she hates Westworld so much and thinks it's a bad show, or that it's a show trying to pretend to be better than it is. What is Casey's favorite show? What kind of show deserves a claim? Goodbye. This is Out West. A podcast from The Outline. About theories about the TV show Westworld. I'm Casey Johnston. I'm Jeremy Gordon. And I'm Paris Martineau. Let's get into some analysis. So that email that you just heard was an email we, 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 I mean, it was addressed to hi guys, but really just talking, like addressing me. So I want to like take a minute and talk to this, uh, John G about (laughs) why I hate Westworld or what, what was more specifically his question? What's your favorite show? What's my favorite show? Oh my God, John, it's not about that. (laughs) Casey's favorite show is Cheers for the record. (laughs) My favorite, really show, my favorite show is Young Sheldon. Like, give it, give it the Emmy. Give it the Oscar. Well, the, the email is relevant because uh, Westworld's had a couple of uh, not quite down episodes, I'd say, but episodes that are certainly less exciting episodes that many people, not just the haters in this room, have <laughs> talked about being just kind of a letdown. So I feel like our distaste is really becoming more palpable because, uh, you know, a couple episodes we were riding higher, like, oh, these theories, they're on the moon, they're on the, you know, it's such a good time, and now we're just like, fuck this. I want to say, I, wanna say I feel like a key to this show is that, like, there's a lot going on in this show, and it needs to be held to a high standard. It can't just like throw out five questions for every question that it answers. That is some lost shit. I would love to know if John watched Lost and what he thinks of Lost because that's like a just a path that I don't want this show to go down. I have hopes for this show. That's why it's like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed in this show most of the time, you know? Well, really high note to start this episode about West on, guys. I know. I know. John G, come on out west. John G, come on out west. We want to hear more from you about what you think is a good show. I would actually disagree that any show has to be held to a standard. Nothing has to be held to a standard because we live in an amoral context-less yep. void in which we're all floating around trying to entertain but ourselves. The idea of a standard for a TV show or you that there's some there's art that's better than others is There's a version ridiculous. of this show that could be really good that we actually like. I love I'm this show and I think s- it's great. I'm so. trying to just spend an hour not begging for death and I mostly get that <laughs> when I watch Westworld. I'm like, you know, this isn't bad. I'm having a good time. I feel I a mean, little I bit always have a good time. I just don't think that it's like it's a it's it's it it does too much what's the word what's the expression it like it protests too much or something like it just she does protest too much my favorite show is actually uh diners drive-ins and drives uh (laughs) diners drive-ins and dives dives, diners drive-ins and dives yeah it's actually the show i watch the most uh by the hours just because i have cable and the food network marathons at every weekend for just several hours during the day and so i think over the last few years i probably consumed hundreds upon hundreds of hours of the show um (laughs) and it really trains you to have no expectations for anything because you're just like maybe this will be a good episode and most of the time it is and sometimes it's not and then you're like you know what there's a new one and it's great well if that tells you anything about jeremy and show and standards. John. It means that it means that I take a very laissez-faire. Let's just have a good time, see where it goes. You know, maybe maybe I mean, we're following I am surely along. having a good time and seeing where it goes. I'm just saying this show is not deserving of like radical critical acclaim. Oh, I think anybody who radically critically acclaims the show at this point is just lying to themselves and yes. kind of just producing content for their. Uh, I think it's hard overlords. to. I mean, I feel like there's very few shows that you people can hold something to for like radical critical acclaim for two seasons and not have just a bunch of people dunk on them if you love anything that strongly people are going to dunk on you oh my god there are so many shows where like they were just awesome the first two seasons are really good yeah but there's not a whole sect of people who are like wow you're so fucking dumb for liking this it's not 
great. There, yes, well, I don't, I don't. I don't think I'm that there's not, any show that there's not some sect of people saying it's dumb to think it is smart and good. I'm not mad at the Westworld fans whatsoever. If you're listening to this, I think you're all fantastic. And if you love the show, like, you know what? I love you. And that's wonderful. But I think the more pressing problem is that uh, we, we're kind of living through this moment where there's just so many shows. And there's so many. There's actually too many shows that anyone could watch. Like, so this has been broken down. There's just all this original programming. And so when these things get talked about, they come with these dramatically higher stakes for why why you need to watch Westworld, why Handmaid's Tale is the most pressing show this season, why XYZ. And it's like, you know, it's all TV, man. We're all just have, trying to have a good time, distract ourselves. And uh, I think so. If I'm watching the show by the standards of I'm just trying to have a good time. And uh, and I don't need Westworld to be perfect because just the trappings of it are, is still shit that I enjoy. Like, it's cowboys. It's robot cowboys with guns, like, talking about bullshit and, like, getting up to some trouble. And, like, it's stupid <laughs> half the time, and I'm still having I mean, a good time because, like, cowboy outfits, wee! I think that this is more a reaction to, like, the marketing than anything else because it's, like, for for values of how good the show is in the absolute, like, there's a way to, like, have sort of self-awareness about about itself that I feel like Westworld doesn't have. Like, in the way that sort of, like, not that I think Riverdale is the best show ever, but in the way that Riverdale does, where it's, like, very... Westworld definitely has some self-awareness. Like, they constantly post in the Reddit threads and troll people for being too serious about the show. Mm, but they don't... I don't think they do that good of a job with that. I also agree. But Riverdale rules, though, because <laughs> Riverdale is just, like, pure... Like, I enjoy Riverdale more than Westworld because it's just, like, pure pleasure. But it's it's way more inconsistent and absurd than Westworld. But they kind of, like, just lean into how, that absurdity as opposed to like like right. I think I think what whatever bums me out about Westworld is like when they just get into the long conversations about like what does it mean to be a man I'm like ugh god <laughs> I mean that's like, what you fucking signed up for if you're watching <laughs> nope, Westworld nope, to be watching nope, those I signed nope. up for robot cowboys yep. like sh- fucking shit up and like discovering who they are and trying to get out in the real world like I did not come here for like what is a soul and I'm like ugh <laughs> okay so that that all being said and this not being a show about a review or a criticism of Westworld. Uh, I think we should get into to our analysis. discussion of the into some analysis, as as we say here on Out West. Um, what a, what an episode this truly was. I'm just like trying this to remember was, what yeah. happened. I, this was the cradle episode, which hell yeah, okay. been waiting for the, the cradle, cradle content. The cradle was for great, weeks. but in the vein of this not being a good show, how many times did they explicitly state to each other, Bernard and Elsie, what the cradle is for, so that no one could miss it? A lot of times, at least I think three. it was at least three. <laughs> like the cradle, they were like just. So we know the cradle is where we store all of the memories of everyone. It's like, what did they say? It's like a backup. They, the of first the whole thing they park. said was, I haven't been down here in years. It's like a hive mind. Every single one of them is in here alive. And then Bernard's like, it's just data. <laughs> and then they basically kind of repeat that over and over. Um, yes. So, but my your guys' thing. totally unfounded Westworld hate aside theories. Theories. I think, uh, I think it's interesting that Ford appears to be a virus in the system. Is oh, that yeah, like what that, that come in. Yeah. As, as, soon as, they, as soon as they uh, as soon as Bernard jumped into the world and they sort of uh, set up the framing of him walking into the bar I'm like oh he's going to encounter somebody right now mm-hmm. and it's going to be Ford and I was like I knew it. You so I, it's also like does this mean that like from, from the beginning of this season that scene where Bernard is on the beach, that was Bernard in the cradle. Right? Yeah, because it's the same aspect ratio. Yes. What? So oh were you watching this? So all of the <laughs> scenes in the cradle are in that aspect ratio. It's like the widescreen one. Um it's a different it's a different aspect ratio. It's wider. I believe it's sixteen by nine, but that's the scene where Bernard is in the cradle They're this all episode. 16 by nine. Or, that's no, like the format. What is of the, the one? Show. I'm sorry, which one's the one that's like extremely wide? Oh like twenty. I don't know. Jeremy, I don't know you're, aspect you're a culture editor. But anyways, the one that's like something? super widescreen <laughs> that you see Am in I? this episode as well as the first episode where Bernard is in the beach um, I did not notice that but again with this all, show um, I, like, all the scenes in the cradle are in that aspect ratio which I think is good because then it gives us a definitive way to determine this is something that really happened versus this is something that happened in the cradle interesting was this on reddit did people say this this is well yeah also but I okay. also said it when I was watching the um, show the super so. widescreen <laughs> uh, yeah, it's is the one- either one, 1. 1.85 to 1 or 2.39 to 1 is usually what like the like sort of cinematic super widescreen yeah it's very cinematic and um yeah so i mean that's the like how how you can see the cradle um what else happened oh yeah so with ford being in the cradle it's 
interesting because like on the Westworld websites, <laughs> this is where we're going to go into this part of the ARG, but there's normally like a chatbot type guide called Aiden that like you can ask questions to and like give you weird responses like as the mainframe of Westworld or whatever. But now it's been replaced by Robert Ford, um, who kind of says a lot of stuff to the fact that he's in the cradle and that Bernard placed him there. Bernard placed him there. Yeah, um, that's one thing that the Ford uh, didn't place himself. himself. No, there? so you know those scenes where um, Bernard is picking up that red shiny ball. Yeah, that's called a pearl, technically. Yes. Um, that I mean, it it seems that that's what he's implying that that was um, Ford because he said, "Oh, I got here the, by the, the pearl palm. was." Yeah, he's like, "I got here oh. through the palm of Bernard's hand." You already know this. Oh. Or something. Wow. Here, I can um, get the actual quote. Um, here. I had somebody actually DM me a theory that was like, if Bernard is a hybrid slash human slash host, his apparently his pearl is white. Did uh-huh. anyone see this? Oh yeah. So I mean, Bernard's pearl is like clear white with like black specks, and then the other pearl that we're assuming is Ford's is like uh-huh. red. With Every black. other pearl we've seen ha- haven't they all been like red, reddish? Well, we've only seen like one other. Pearl, really, the and that's been the one. person was white, right? Yeah. Well, I don't oh. think. No, we didn't see the Ghost Nations pearl. We just saw their like brain light socket, which oh, is like the, that the that's same? technically called the chestnut, which is what contains the oh, red what? pearl. Yeah. Um, I'm so prepared. I'm, I'm such <laughs> a jerk. Comparison. No I'm like, what? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, no. So the Robert Ford chatbot said, "I think when you ask how did you get here." He says, I think you know the answer to that. A simple solution that fit in the palm of Bernard's hand. But mm. that doesn't mean Bernard put him there. That just means it fits in Bernard's hand. It's like saying it fits in my hand. Okay, I, mean, well, I he, put him there. Well, he took the... Somehow right. it's gotten he from loves where that implication, Bernard but it, took I don't the think thing. That's what, it's really, I don't think that's the true sequence of events. Uh, I'm going to believe like that interpretation because that dialogue is just too specific to not be I mean, what they're hitting at. Yeah, know? like if, okay, I think then I guess he had, taken, he had taken the random like red pearl that I guess had Ford in it and then somebody else took it and put it into the cradle, but same difference, you know, yeah. he's there. So he put, but why would he put Ford in the cradle? Because Ford ordered him to. Right, because okay. so like Ford being yeah, yeah Ford the same thing as Ford putting him. Because yeah. as we as we know, Bernard has is, keeps having these flashbacks where he's like, "Did I do that? I don't remember this, but I remember some of it." Right. Um, yeah. I'm sure Bernard physically accomplished oh, the yeah, action, no, but I, like it, it was at Ford's. It was Ford's like intention to end up there, and they say in the show, uh, this whatever something the cradle has been inter- has it, was it the cradle that was quote has been interfacing with the entire park for the past seven days. It doesn't even really yeah. make sense. But something yeah. about the cradle has been, like, touching everything, which is, like, extremely virus-like behavior. And one can assume it's Ford talking to people. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if this is, again, <laughs> stupidly neurotic detail. But I, I screenshotted all of those scenes where they have um, wow, the really interface good. up on um, the screen where, like, Elsie and Bernard are looking at it. And so what it seems to be is... Um, there are all of these requests being sent out by like the Delos network or the main control room for Westworld or other control places from QA to be like, yeah, let's turn the security system back on. Yeah, let's try and get the guests extracted. But every single time they have to like go through the cradle somehow to get there. Like it's the main frame of the system. Or I don't even really know that's the correct terminology, but it's like the main hub that their requests have to go through and it keeps like denying them. So Ford runs everything from the cradle which does not normally have these powers it sounds like it's just like a backup system i thought the revelation in the cradle was pretty underwhelming like oh it's actually just a <laughs> bunch of hard drives with people on it like, yeah that's not I was... exciting you've been talking about this for like episodes and like i don't know <laughs> i mean i think like the one big thing is that it you can the host can go in there and live out essentially like Memories are actually, it's like the whole brains in a vat thing, you know? I just think it's got to look, when, you, when you've been teasing Ooh. something for episodes, it's got to look kind of cool. And then I was just like, oh, this is just like. Oh, you're just talking about the like aesthetic. The oh, I thought the aesthetics were good. First of all, like, also, whatever. we're on Water the, Watch now, and all those uh, oh cradle God. brains are in the, water, just which the, is. Just the build up to it, like, oh my God, we're finally getting to the cradle. It's just a room with some hard drives in it. Like, it's not that cool. <laughs> it was pretty creepy. I don't know. 
Yeah, I was I was not terribly moved by it, but um, like even like the last the other rooms we've seen had all the like jacked dickless dudes walking around. Like that's like a cool image, you know what I mean? And like now we go to the cradle, and it's just like yeah, some hard drives. There's nothing like give me like jacked dickless dudes holding the hard drives and walking around. And, I still like, find those incredibly creepy. Like it reminds me of. Uh, have you seen Hollow Man, the you know, worst I, movie ever? I have not. What is <laughs> Hollow Man? That. It was a Kevin Bacon movie. Where he played an invisible person. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, man. he played somebody who like got turned invisible, and then he like becomes like a psychotically bad oh, yeah. person. Hello, it man. like makes him it like being being invisible makes him like crazy, and then he just like wreaks havoc on all of his. I feel like it's pretty relatable. Friends. I'd it was, be it's truly pretty. It's a very what, it's a pretty scary movie. What and, would you guys do if you became stupid. invisible permanently invisible? Permanently invisible. I'd probably get one could, of those morph suits. Could he like do? Because I think it's, it's like not supposed to be permanent, but they're like we can't find him, and the longer he's because he's invisible, <laughs> the longer he's invisible, the crazier he <laughs> oh, gets. But he doesn't know that. Uh, it's really good. You should. You should. Can check you not it out. like I don't know spill some paint yourself? Uh, get a well, this is my this is my solution to Jeremy's question is that I would find like when I wanted to be seen, I would like apply some sort of coating. Oh yeah, and when I don't want to be seen. Man yes, stuff. exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, There's that's... some uh, this the Wikipedia page for Hollow Man is incredible because it was clearly <laughs> written by somebody with just way too much time on their hands. Like it's that's my favorite part about serving Wikipedia is when you can read a plot synopsis that was just it's just too specific and it goes on for just hundreds. And oh hundreds yeah, the where it's got like the tag where it's like there might be too much detail. In here and I'm like fuck yes this is like, what I've signed this. up for Sebastian is quarantined in the laboratory due to his condition and the other researchers construct a latex mask for him to wear around the lab See? unable to cope with the isolation he defies instruction and leaves the buildings the guard working there is also very suspicious but before you do anything like it's just like damn you're really you're reading the moods of like the background actors uh, damn that's good I, I love it, it. I love I, it this reminds me of my new strategy with M. Night Shyamalan movies is to not see them and to read the plot synopses but then when I read I read the one of the one with the grand the visit the visits called with the grandparents I was like shouting in my house the twist is so good Anyway, oh, so we got a badass Teddy this this time around. Teddy, I I love that. Like, I feel like he's this is like the plot of like this is a truly like Buffy Angel dynamic where like Teddy has become evil and now Dolores loves him more than ever. I think she's a little afraid of him. I don't know. She's she afraid of him, kind of but like means not... that she also loves him more too. It's very classic classic dynamic she seems kind of spooked i think she, by she, his, she surely uh, is but she's like she's impressed. not like sigh teddy who doesn't get it anymore she's like on her toes and she's into it i think yeah no there were some good some good teddy moments i really like that point where he was gonna looked like he was going to pick up the milk uh can but then got a bullet instead that was mm-hmm. right behind it that mm-hmm. was nice very smart i i like i don't think this is actually what i pictured when i when they like cranked all of his attributes up and down to extremes i thought he would be like way more uh out there and like action wise like she would barely be able to like control him and that he would be acting truly insane but he's like fairly normal just like has different impulses and he executes them pretty like like they're like he's not really doing anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) of note he's like i don't know he's he seems too subdued i think i like that he's really salt Kind of just low key salty, but the fact that Dolores changed him, but not really. He's like, oh yeah, I <laughs> so guess he, he does care yeah. about too. I was like, I was actually pretty underwhelmed by it because I thought his, I thought it was gonna become more apparent that his uh, personality had really shifted. But now he just seems like kind of yeah, like sulking and like a little bit ruder. But like <laughs> oh, he shoots a guy. Like what's Ooh. it? Like I, I thought he was gonna like. I think seeing the the guy whose previous personality that we saw completely flip, where he turned from like this just unbelievable shithead rapist, mm-hmm. like scoundrel, into this like I'll save you, good woman. Like let me find. I like, respect like, women. Like that was so, like that was such a great like personality shift. And like Teddy, it seems like yeah, his personality got all fucked up. But he more or less seems just the nice guy, just like a little. They're the, not a nice guy. He more or less seems like the same guy, just like a little bootier. And he like shoots a guy. Yeah, he's yeah. also like not that. This has just made him like basically the same as everyone else in the park, right. where they'll like indiscriminately shoot someone. It's like so will everyone else, every right. other character mm-hmm. in this park, basically, except like Dolores when she's being Dolores and not quote-unquote Wyatt do we see them again after the explosion the with the train the train uh I don't think so actually I think it was just like the train went off the cliff or whatever which I found it interesting oh, it that you can the... you can like go off the edge of this well no, I mean they just area, like slammed apparently. it right into the uh into the entrance to Westworld yeah yeah, yeah. 
So we Which saw the chill. Like, but how are they supposed to get in there then? That's my question. Is like that seems like not. Well, a great is that plan. what they're trying to do? Is like break it down? I don't think I was looking. I think I was like writing something down when this exact moment happened, and then I never went back to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it took. I didn't really understand exactly what they did until I watched it a second time. But they detached the front part of the train and then like right. rammed it full speed ahead into, I guess, like the where people normally enter to get on the train to go into Westworld. Right. Which is how Bernard okay, and Elsie. That makes sense that they're just try, they're trying to like break it down, probably using yeah. the train. Yeah, because it's I guess shut. They, they would to... shut it, being like, "Let's lock the robots in." But then the robots have the train. Oh, can... so then they like will bust open a hole. Right. That makes sense. Right. I thought the cage and they just don't collapsed. know about the like thousands of other exits and entrances. But I mean, they've been the inside the maze of stuff before, or at least been inside some of those uh, right. random sporadic entrances. Right. Interesting. Well, maybe that's like too hard to find their way out from the maze part of it, or like the maze part doesn't actually have an exit to the outside world. Isn't like another possibility. Yeah. Does it? I don't think so. The Mesa? It does via that train. Okay. That's the one way to get right. on and off what I am hard, what I'm steadfastly assuming is the island. Okay. I really enjoyed the part where <laughs> the man in black thought his daughter was a host. <laughs> yeah, so no, great. that was good. Well, she could be a host. She totally she could, could be a host. host. I was like holding out thing. for that. So that's like one of the kind of annoying things about the show is like like the emotional import, the emotional impact of him being so absorbed with this uh, world that he thinks his own daughter is a host would be like really powerful if we knew definitively that she wasn't a host, but we don't. Right. So it's like so it actually could be turned out in the future, just like oh, uh, like oh, his daughter is a host, and then this moment of like kind of heartbreaking paranoia just turns out to be like justified paranoia because his daughter is a host. It'll it's be like, really funny. Well, what the. The only way I can see that playing out that she turns out to be a host is that, like, we learn, like, he says this in a nonchalant way, and then she's like, of course I'm not. And then we learn, like, in, you know, several seasons from now that she died, like, years ago. So, like, he knew the whole time she was a host, but was, like, humoring her hostness, you know? Mm -hmm. No, what do you guys think about that whole elephant's back and forth? Because I feel like that's the one thing (sighs) What did they say? They were like, he was like... I remember you were afraid of the elephants, and she was like, "No, I love the elephants." It was mom who hated the elephants. I just, saw, I yeah. just, I just saw that as like uh, an old man who's so lost in this fantasy world that he's forgotten about the details of his actual life. Because I don't know, people yeah, that forget, just seemed like a yeah. sad people thing. forget shit all the time. But like, yeah, it's just more now that we because she uh, really emphasized the point that he's just so stuck in this fantasy that mm-hmm. yeah he's forgotten about all the real things that he used to have mm-hmm. yeah yeah i know the one thing i was reading a bit on reddit that people were mentioning was that he after she does say oh no i love the elephants it was mom was afraid of them right he like does that weird like silent host head twitch thing that a lot of like that daddy delos did where he's just like kind of freaking out silently for like a couple of mm-hmm. seconds and then they continue on with their conversation like nothing happened that feels like a reach I don't but know. I it don't, feels like a reach also, but this is Westworld, so. Uh, I. She also talks uh, after that. She's like, oh, I visited the Pleasure Palaces in the Raj after I like came here for the gala. But right. we saw that she didn't do that, first of all, and also was super wary about sleeping with any of the hosts, enough so to shoot that one guy before I mean, doesn't that, him. doesn't her, uh, how do we know that her, like the scene that it opens on with her, like sort of pursuing the guy, she's not in a, that's the Pleasure Palace. It seems like it is. Yeah, but I mean, she says, I went to the Pleasure Palaces and, like, rode there for hours. So I feel like if she was going to one of those with... That seems like the intention of going to a Pleasure Palace in the Raj would be to sleep with a bunch of hosts instead of just sleeping with one guy and getting really wary of the fact I mean, that he could be a host. I could see myself, if I, were, if I were Grace and the man in black was my father, to, like, have a savviness about, like, don't sleep with the hosts... But also want to fuck. But with then, him. like, be like, try to convey the general gist of what you were doing, which was like you were in the pleasure palaces. That you were like extra careful about who you were sleeping with. Is like, I don't know that I would explain that <laughs> to a parent. <laughs> you could just be like, I was there, and that would be accurate. And we also don't like really know what she did between meeting that guy. And then suddenly being on, like, not safari, but whatever, like, out, out in the wilderness with mm-hmm. him. So, um, I really enjoyed also that she woke up and he was gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, Especially anyway. after that whole deep conversation they had. Yes. 
What? I mean, he's just going to go forward and do his... I, I like that she explicitly brought up that he, this is a suicide mission and he just wants to commit suicide by robot, essentially. Yeah. I, so like, yeah, that's yeah, correct. She, her, she said something about, like, your sort of sick uh, motivation to be here and, like, hope that you can die by being here seemed like a very good read and something mm-hmm. that he is not entirely... Uh, cognizant of even in himself I would say um, I think the other major thing we need to visit is uh, Maeve finding her daughter and then her daughter has a new mother how did she not expect that <laughs> she's smart she has I didn't see it coming and she then when it happened I was like what do you think this child was just living by air. herself for years out in the homestead yeah I mean I think her. she might not have thought that but she might have hoped that like seeing her again, like the daughter seeing Maeve again, would awaken in her these memories and be like, oh, you're my actual mother. And then it turns But I mean, out is she's she just even like her actual simpler. mother? What's to no, say that there wasn't? Well, she's not. No. I mean, this is still, this episode, one of the levels on which this episode annoyed me is that it's still treated all of like the sort of in-park consequences as if they're like very grave and like real, like Sakura being dead and so But I mean, forth. if the cradle is down... Which they said at the beginning of whatever the Shogun World episode was. Then they don't have any backups for the host. And when you die, like, you're really dead. Because then you can't be, like, there's no backup for your mind. That makes sense. But I feel like there's no way. Like, a it's like a hard drive can be unplugged without losing all of its data, you know? Like, I feel like it being down, like, it being offline is not the same as it being, like, erased. No, but th- I think they specifically said, like, we lo- we've completely lost one-third of our IP. Like, a third of the cradle is, like, destroyed. Huh. In the when, beginning of... Who? This was the beginning of the Shogun World episode during those first five minutes where it wasn't oh. Shogun World, and it was Bernard around all those dead bodies, and that dude who I can't remember his name, but he's the new QA guy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, I have an accent. We lost a bunch of... <laughs> The IP, one third of it is down. Wow. All a bunch of the hosts are wiped who are hmm. in that flood. Okay, that makes sense. I I okay. That makes sense. And then yeah, it would still be the same a similar consequence. Which of, I'm like, into she can't just like wipe her own daughter and then restore her memories of Yeah. Maeve being her mom. That makes sense. I'm into because then it gives some stakes back to all of this. And then it makes Dolores significantly more evil because she's killed all of these hosts. Yes. And then they're really dead. Damn. If only we had known this when we were talking about this last episode. Remember? I know. It's almost as if I should. <laughs> should be here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, happy that we got the cradle reveal. It wasn't what... I expected us to spend more time on that, but they didn't, which is cool, I'm sure I they'll... They totally will. keep going Anthony there. Hopkins is probably coming back from what yeah, it seems from... Yeah, how long from, will he be on the show? That's a good question. I'm into it no matter what. Um, oh, I, I guess... Have you seen... I mean, so we had Anthony Hopkins chilling at that piano, playing it at the end. And the beginning of the episode opened on Dolores sitting at that same piano, playing Mm -hmm. it in a scene that basically mimicked that one because, what was it? Teddy walked in the doors of the saloon the first time after kind of like a similar cut. And then Mm -hmm. it was Bernard who walked in when it was Anthony Hopkins. I thought that was kind of Hmm. something, you know? Hmm. It is an interesting. The parallels there. Symmetry, if you will. The best thing about Out West is hearing your theories about the show. Remember, you can send your theories as a voice memo to outwest at theoutline.com or use the Anchor app and send us a voice message there. This season, we are hearing all of our theories for the first time on air, and they're chosen by our producers, James and Winton. Let's jump into our first theory from a listener named Scott. Take it away, Scott. Hey, guys. This is Scott from Nashville, Tennessee. I've got a... Scott. Kind of a theory that's a little bit of a zoom-out theory for you. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but it's basically that William is a host and that this entire show so far has been a fidelity wow. test I'm 100% on board, Scott. Um. Which would be the only way I think it makes sense for William to be a host. So uh, there's a couple different things, I think, that are evidence for this. Uh, one of which is that Daddy Delos's test was being conducted by William because he was familiar to him. So now that we've had this introduction of Grace or Emily or whoever it is that claims to be William's daughter, if she is his daughter, then she would be the most likely person to conduct such a test. Nice. Mm. Also, I think Daddy Delos's test will turn out to have failed because they just didn't have enough information on him 
uh, human beings were such a collection of experiences and reactions to those experiences that I feel like they just didn't have enough of that information to really allow for a full transfer of Daddy Delos's consciousness into his I host body. Whereas in William's case, he spent basically almost his entire life, at least his entire adult life, in Westworld and in the park. And there's no other character that we've seen so far that we don't already know as a host that they would have more information on than William. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to then the zoom out portion. If that's true, and this fidelity test, or this is a fidelity test for William, then that would mean the test is being conducted into, you know, some unknown kind of future timeline where they have all this information and the ability to uh, build William as a test or as a, as a host and conduct this test, which would be kind of all past events that they've recorded and then are trying to see that William does make those same reactions, which would explain some things that kind of, especially differences in technology, such as this programming language that Elsie didn't recognize, but Bernard claimed to have seen before. And I think it kind of also ties in with a lot of uh, Westworld's other, you know, different themes and games that they like to play with us as an audience as well. So that's pretty much it. Uh, we'll see what you guys think. All right, thanks. I love this theory. I think this is a really good theory. Um, I think a little, some of the details, I am not super on board with and almost make it less plausible to me, but I like the general idea of it being... Although I don't understand, how does this track with, like, William as a young person versus the man in black? Like, are you, is he saying it's a test for the man in black? Or, like, William, I think even makes, young William, was always a host? I think it makes sense that uh, the real William is still alive, and he is doing the... The only way that this makes sense to me is if the real William is also alive, but he's also trying to put his host through fidelity test to ensure that he'll live on. So oh I think God. with that in mind, we've oh. actually seen... We've actually seen the real William here and there, like the scene where he is talking to Delos, Daddy Delos. That's ah. the real William. But the, all the scenes in the show where he's been in Westworld have been the host. And then the mm-hmm. final... And then the way that this would work is that the final episode or one of the final episodes would reveal uh, real William coming face-to-face with... With fake William. Wow. I love this. I think this is really good, but at the same time, this is the thing that I feel like if the show did this, I would find it very annoying. I would actually, th- in this case, I wouldn't be annoyed. Yeah, no, really? I'd be really, I'd be into this. But I'd be into this, yeah. No, I um, think this would be, uh, like... Because I, th- I think all the, c- the clues have been set up, in a sense. Uh, they've, like, the evidence is there, and it wouldn't just be coming out of nowhere, and it would I don't have... think it would be coming out of nowhere, but it's like... I don't know. It's this is this is to me of a piece of like it was all a dream. Like it I was mean, all I think not that it, what you thought it like, I think uh, that it would make sense because if it's a fidelity test then they're all basing it on shit that's actually happened at some point in the past where real William reacted to it and he was in the parks they have the recordings of it. So it's just like a orchestrated version of what real William has already experienced, you know? So, I mean, it's not that the stuff in the park that we're seeing, the other narratives and things, didn't happen at some point. It's just that we're watching, like, a copy of them, which I think Mm -hmm. also would fit with kind of the structure, the gotcha structure of the first season Mm -hmm. in the fact that, I mean, technically all those things were happening. Just the editing of it and the way it was set up was disingenuous. I, I also like the idea of, like, the relationship between the sort of incomplete version of Daddy Delos versus the more complete version of William where they have his like, like this is the thing that I think about a lot actually is that like people, like part of the reason it's like sad when people die that you know is because like you are sort of like the way, the way you like know each other and think about each other. It's like that dies with that person. So like having a construction of somebody that's other people's conception of them and like reaction to them is like a meaningful sort of, information set that you wouldn't get from just like trying to download somebody directly does that make sense so like his interactions with like his daughter or like you know whatever is like a important way of capturing a person and -hmm. just to like if you were to like interview someone directly in like a Blade Runner sense where you're like you know if you find a turtle turned over on its back what do you do that's like a version of you but it's less complete than yeah. Because your other version you. of you is very different than the real version of you, right? 
or like there's at least several different like the way the it's meaningful how you interact with other people. So mm-hmm. that's like an interesting part of the picture. Yeah, no, I I totally subscribe to this theory. Okay, really mm-hmm. good theory, Scott. I'm I'm proud of you. Also, a like... side note: one of my friends asked me this when we were watching Westworld on Sunday, which I think is a good question for the group. What would what's the one thing that if Westworld did, you'd be out? As far as a listener, mine was <sighs> if it's so alien things. technology, <laughs> I am done. I'm done, and I probably have to quit my job. If it is alien technology, or like it's actually another another thing that would annoy me like that this theory actually sort of touches upon the idea that it's like actually take all taking place like really far in the future or like in the future I like that, if it though. actually turned out being like really far in the past or like really far in the future some sort of like inc- like incredible time shift or yeah if it's like any anything that represents like a massive shift in like the sort of framing i would be mad alien technology would definitely put me off jeremy what do you think <sighs> It would bum me out, too. Yeah, that'd be too much. <laughs> yeah, it'd be too like, much. I think please it'd, limit it. Please it'd just be because live. Josh would be that right. But I also wonder, I wonder what there. would make John stop watching. John, please call in or write another email and let us know. Okay, so we have a theory from Blake. Hi there, out west. Blake here. I call my Westworld theory Chekhov's Mesh Network. So here's what I think the Mesh ne- the Network will ultimately be used for. I believe that Bernard downloaded the cache of data from Peter Abernathy into himself with that fancy USB host cable that we saw. I think this was done off camera. Um, and that's why we see him having a seizure again when he sees Elsie. We have like what's basically like a Johnny Mnemonic situation where he can't handle the data in his head. And I think eventually he will uh, distribute some or, some or all that information to the other hosts for some sort of purpose that we don't really know. Um, Bernard basically walks around looking confused lately. Um, so I don't even know what that might be doing, but I think that has something to do with why a third of the hosts um, in the present day, so to speak, or two weeks after the revolt are blank. Um, so anyways, that's my theory. My, uh, it's more of a theory about a plot device, more than what will actually happen on the show, but I think that it's going to be a key part of whatever happens close to the end of this season. Love your show. Thanks so much. Bye. Blake, I, this raises an interesting question for me because you were saying the cradle is down, but is there not a full backup of basically the cradle in Abernathy? I mean, I feel like that'd be so, that'd be too much for one host. Really? But I guess I don't know how much. But like what else is the, could their insurance, 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 insurance policy be? The thing except is that for a backup I don't of the think park. that from the comments that we've heard from like Charlotte and others that like she doesn't give a single shit about the amusement park that is Westworld. No, no. You know, and that yeah, seems true. to be a backup of just the hosts. Like that are in the park, so or it's, it's like be... a backup of like the DNA stuff that yeah. they are. Maybe Although collecting. the one thing I will say is, what is it on the stupid? This is another random screenshot from the episode, but on the um on the like display for the cradle, one of the things that it says in like a tab is guests logs. So maybe that's there, mm. but it doesn't like it doesn't make sense to me that the like guest DNA like the super secret whatever the real purpose of Westworld is, information would also be on the cradle because most of the techs and people we've been following at Westworld have access to it and they didn't know there was some bigger thing going on with the park. Hmm. Uh, I respect to Blake. I just lose interest in them. Like, Mesh Network, I'm out. I think I, like, I'm really on the fence about the idea of Bernard having downloaded Abernathy's thing into himself. Oh, I'm I like so into that. don't uh, whatever, and like why he would distribute it to all the other hosts. I don't really see a here or there for that either. Unfortunately, you know, I totally believe that he's going to download Abernathy's. He downloaded Abernathy's whatever into him using that fancy USB cable. <laughs> I'm sure that there's going to be some use of the mesh network we have not yet thought of, but I'm not sure that the two are related because okay. if I don't think that if he has to use the fancy USB cable to get it to him. They're not going to be able to do that over Wi-Fi. Right, right, right. They can't airdrop that yeah, shit. These, these things do not track. Okay. We have a theory from Ed uh, that I'm going to read because it was an wow, email, I guess. Hi, guys. Really enjoy the podcast. Here's a theory for Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, Ed. The park was being used to create robot-human hybrids. The robots had sex with the humans. Love it. Who visited the park. <laughs> 
Jeremy, please don't jump on any mention of sex. The robots had sex with the humans who visited the park and got pregnant. Love, Love it. it. Without the humans knowing. Love it. And the offspring, quote, robo-humans are living in a yet undiscovered park. We also know from epigenetics. Love it. That experience can alter DNA, assuming hosts have oh, human fuck. DNA. Their DNA will be slightly different and may pass on characteristics to any offspring. This would also explain why the hosts have have to have realistic insides, e.g. T- intestines, etc. This is Ford's grand plan to create a robo-human master race. Maeve's memories of her daughter are real. The father of her daughter is the man in black. <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa. We went from like 10 to 100 there in a couple of seconds. Uh, um, Ed has a PS, which is I have no problem with the moon theory apart from gravity issues. Ed, this severely mm, undermines everything. I'm sorry, Ed. Ed. I was with you for, for a bit, but now I hate it. Um, wow. That's wild as fuck. I like it. I don't like the implication that uh, Maeve's daughter is like a product of like a violent fictional race. Seems like. Well, does it have to be a rape? Uh, I mean, in the context of the scenes that we in the context context of all the scenes we've seen, that's like the man in black, like the flashbacks, just like fucking her up. You know, what other context could it be? I mean, I don't, I don't love that. But we also, we also know the man in black is supposed to be evil, and we haven't seen him like do a ton of evil things, and people are still like mostly on his side. So, like, I think it would help cement that and also it would track because he is supposed to be like a terrible like his wife hated him his daughters were like afraid of him like he we don't really and we think of him as just like this sort of funny not funny but like man who who really gets it he's like Ed Harris I think the first season he was objectively a villain and I watched him thinking this guy is an asshole and but now the second season is actually obviously doing a ton of work to make him seem like a more complicated potentially heroic figure and that's the arc that we've been seeing so far and I Mm -hmm. think to just fully leap back into like hey remember when he did stuff that's like not not even like complicated bad stuff just like actually bad stuff would just be um, bad writing Mm mm-hmm I like the idea of the epigenetics having, like, sort of mixed DNA. What's epigenetics? Epigenetics being... What is... What, how did, how did I'm Ed summarize it? I'm a liberal arts major. I don't know science. <laughs> <laughs> epigenetics. Experience can alter DNA. So, like... How you uh, live in your life will like oh, affect your how yeah. your DNA yeah. is. I'm expressed. not sure how behind I am with the whole like hosts can get pregnant thing though. I don't I know. Believe it. If your machine printing, it, if your machine printing bodies like there was no the number one thing be like let's not make it so that these sex robots can get pregnant. Well, from all I mean the sex they tried to have. make it so that the host couldn't do a lot of things, but now they're like doing things that they're not supposed to be doing and this may be part and parcel of that and also why else would you show the least gratuitous sex scene ever on the history of HBO between Teddy and Dolores if not to like make sure everyone sees that they had sex so when she gets pregnant it'll be like oh it's Teddy's baby and then then, and then and then and then it'll be I don't want the baby will be old Teddy so that'll be interesting it'll be like his his, like nice can you program version One of those ones? Do they have a? Do they come with a brain light bulb? I have so many questions (laughs) for this. Is it empty? Where does it get the chestnut? I mean, (laughs) maybe it's just born. Okay, if you're bored and you're like, I'm gonna make it like so that these robots can have offspring and we can create a master race. I feel like the human version of traditional pregnancy is like the least efficient way to go about that. I don't know. Yes, but what other recourse do the hosts budding. have if they want to like have I control over their own like sort of? I hope it's a budding system. Mm-hmm. I want a small baby Teddy head to pop out of Dolores's shoulder within the next three I mean, episodes. It feels like maybe maybe like the baby that two hosts that are like they have like the brain light bulbs, but then they can have like an organic baby. But where are they going to get the? Oh, I guess if it's a human, then that's where they'd get the DNA. Ugh, I don't like this theory, but I begrudgingly allow it. <laughs> I also want to go back for one second just to make note of something. Uh, Blake mentioned Abernathy in the um, trailer for the next episode. Mm. There's a shot of Abernathy in Man in Black's clothes. Oh, oh yeah. No, that's a that? good. Yeah, where he's like what looking What does it up. mean? Who knows? <laughs> that's very... also good because there's that one shot. I'm not sure if it's in the next week's trailer or in just in the upcoming week's ones where it's... Someone who looks for all, he seems for all intents and purposes to be the man in black. But we see him from behind and he's holding a gun to his head, like about hmm. to shoot himself. Hmm. It's like, is that Abernathy? Is it man in black? Is it robo human man in black? Who's to say? Our last theory is from Jack. 
Why didn't Ed Harris's character Kristoff? <laughs> Kristoff? What the fuck? <laughs> what? Who the fuck is Kristoff? Oh! oh wait a second. Why whoa, didn't Ed Harris? Jack, my fucking guy. <laughs> my guy. Fucking. Le- all right. Why didn't Ed Harris's character Kristoff let Truman see the rest of the park in the Truman Show? Because it's fucking <laughs> Westworld under construction. He's the same guy in both. Both of the defining <laughs> characteristics are the black hats. Fuck. Oh, that's true. And he, he, has he links that, to, he links to he a photo that, called like, Hat Evidence. Oh my that's God, my favorite hyperlink that's been in this. What do you call the, oh, that kind shit. of hat? It's like little, a beret, sort of. It's, it's like, like a, a it's like a lazy like a beret. Backwards. Remember when men used to dress it's like, like a this? Oh my beret. Wow, yeah. no, this the, like and Harris 90s. looks like I don't know every other hipster I you see it. nowadays. That's so tight. I'm pretty sure I follow yeah Kristoff on Instagram somewhere. And you're Jack. I'm sorry, Jack. You're my man. Like what Truman Show? Great movie. Classic, uh, Truman Show. classic movie. I grew up in the Truman Show town. Oh, really? Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It's wild. One of my favorite things is that Truman Show is like a truly original. Like, you would think it's the kind of script where you would think it's like so good. You think it was like based on something, but it was like a fully original. Hollywood used to do play. that. Remember these movies that weren't just, and TV shows that weren't just like, you know, gritty re- reboots of right. things that could have been left in the <laughs> dustbin forever ago. And it turns out they don't really have a ton of justification for why they're doing it today, but we all keep along with it because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just the it's just the scam it's that we bought into. It was just like a really good movie born fully formed into someone's brain, and then they didn't make a sequel. Like, Damn. that's bring, bring back that Hollywood, my I'm opinion. so into this. This is really good. Also, Ed Harris a is Christoph theory. Fox. I love, this is a great, great, <laughs> this is a great photo. I'm into all of this. Wow. So now we're going to dive into the r slash Westworld Reddit and check out some of our favorite theories. So here oh. we have uh, from user Tunil Twat. <laughs> Tunil, Tunil Twat, you got to chill. Like, I don't this know is, what the relationships in your life are like. This is but. from, this is apparently based on a photo posted by user Bilbo T. Baggins. All right, that's more, <laughs> oh God, but for, for the listeners at home, uh, T is spelled out T E A, so it's like T baggins. In case you didn't Both get that you joke, need Jared, to Jared. stop <laughs> reading Jordan Peterson and like have some healthy relationships <laughs> in your life. This is some bullshit. So the theory they're part of the intellectual dark web is that Washington. Elsie is dead. Oh, he he being Disagree. Bernard finds her in a cave with perfectly groomed hair and a clean suit while she survived for a few days pr- purely on protein bars? Question mark. Hale projecting Elsie onto Bernard's mind in the cradle. To retrieve information from uh, Bernard. Okay, this no. is barely English, but I think I, I get what he's saying. I disagree. I because I don't know. I, I okay. do think I do think the argument of like her being clean and like quaffed is like that's a good argument. I think because it's Hollywood and literally every single yeah, time she in looks fiction, too hot every time in fiction that they've ever depicted someone like in the woods, like on Lost, how come they all looked moisturized and good like hair all the time? We all know. Okay, first of all, they didn't. Second of all, I think we all, all like know better than that now. Those yeah, no, all the other characters generally look fucked up when they've been... I don't know, Bernard was chilling on a beach for, like, a couple yeah, of days. I feel like he it's, it's sandy. quite possibly meaningful that she is not, like, a mess. I yeah. think that it is meaningful, but she's not dead. I oh. Yeah, I don't know that she's dead, but it, she might be a projection. I also kind. don't yeah. subscribe to the fact that it's part of the cradle thing unless they're totally going to throw the whole... All the cradle scenes are in the specific aspect ratio thing out the window, which I'd be very annoyed with. Because, come on, guys, have some consistency. Okay. Next theory. Dolores' followers, the Wyatt narrative, and the future timeline is the subject line of this by user What What Ho Hamlet? There are some uh, good names uh, here today. So I was rewatching season one, episode three last night, and part of Teddy's monologue about Wyatt, which Ford programs into him in the same episode, caught my attention as potentially major foreshadowing for season two. I think Teddy's memory of Wyatt and his men may be directly telling us what Dolores' plan is regarding the hosts in the lake, at least the ones missing their brains. There's now a quote from that I can't there's no source but it says way I heard it why is a mercenary forces his men to wear the bones and flesh oh this is from this the, is the show. Teddy forces quote. his men to wear the bones and flesh of their enemies their masks it's the men underneath them to be afraid of uh, we visited this so I'm not going to read the rest of it Dolores slash Wyatt is going to force her followers to wear the quote bones and flesh of their enemies by putting their brains into host copies of Westworld personnel or even guests which were printed in the secret Delos labs that's how they're going to escape the park without the failsafe explosives going off because as far as we know Dolores doesn't have a workaround for this yet and without being caught by Del- Delos's security teams 
I'll go further with this theory and say that I think some of the humans in the future timeline where Bernard wakes up on the beach, uh, not a future timeline, my friend, have already been replaced by Dolores's body snatcher posse. The show makes a big point of showing us Teddy's body several times, and I don't think Dolores would simply let Teddy die in the flood after going to the effort of, to reprogram him. So Teddy's mind at this point must be in the body of somebody else. I've seen a few people theorize that Teddy's mind is in the version of Bernard we see in the future timeline, but I think that Teddy's mind is actually more likely to be inside Stubbs. Stubbs is... Ashley. The, Hem- the Hemsworth? The lesser Hemsworth. The lesser Hemsworth. Teddy and Stubbs have similar... Pr- Stubbs is a worse name. That's not mm-hmm. fitting for him at all. Ashley, Ashley Stubbs. Stubbs. Horrible name. Teddy and Stubbs have similar personalities. They're both the protective gunslinger type, and we've seen a lot of Stubbs this season, even though he doesn't seem to have much bearing on the plot yet or m- much control over the security of the park anymore. By replacing Stubbs with Teddy, Dolores would have a man on the inside of park security and someone who could keep an eye on Dallas's motions to secure Westworld slash their IP and provide distractions if needed. The part that really solidified this theory for me was that the Westworld ARG website describes Stubbs as having a good head on his shoulders. That reads as very deliberate and fishy to me. And I think there's definitely something up with Stubbs, even this, even if this isn't what it is. So this That's started a off a little, a little like out there for me but uh the idea of teddy being in stubs i kind i kind of like the idea of dollars having some sort of setup in order to keep an eye on that side of things i appreciate that sort of as a mechanism plot mechanism yeah i don't know if it's stubs though but i feel like it's probably well there's something definitely something fishy going on with stubs because of the line in the ARG. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that it's Teddy. I don't know. I just don't know if Teddy has it in him to be able to... It would require a lot of effort for whatever the host that's inside Stubbs to like actually know all of the stuff that Stubbs talks about during the episode or the scenes that we've seen. Sure. Uh, I like the theory about Wyatt... Uh, and like the mask, like I believe that we've talked do about think, that before. I yeah, think. do and I think Teddy is Stubbs? Like maybe, but whatever. <laughs> I do. I do want to say that I appreciate uh, uh, the lesser Hemsworth out here, Chunky Hemsworth. You know, he's like not quite as good looking as the other ones, but he's still pretty handsome. He's like more honest. You know, like, I don't know. He's like like you could talk to him in a bar. You know, it's not like like he'd Chris give you Hemsworth. some mediocre life advice over like some cheap beer. Hmm. Yeah, like you know, Ashley, Ashley Stubbs. I'll give it to him. He's Ashley. like uh, the realistic Hemsworth. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so another theory from, okay, user the real number nine. That is a nice normal username. Thank you. I hate it when it's the fake number nine. (laughs) Okay, so from the dialogue of the agents on the beach at the beginning of season two, we know that at some point the cradle gets shut down. We are also now seeing Bernard and Elsie visit the cradle in the not-so-far past relative to the beach scenes. So at some point between Bernard and Elsie visiting the cradle and the beach scenes, the cradle is going to go offline. Is it possible that this is Ford's last instruction to Bernard? Ford clearly led Bernard back to the cradle to speak to him, so I think Ford is about to set his final moves in motion that will allow his game to finish out, and he will give Bernard final instructions, and then he will tell Bernard to destroy the cradle, essentially to essentially destroy himself. I doubt Ford would want to endlessly live in the cradle forever, and that is essentially the only way for Ford to finally die if the cradle is destroyed. We saw what happened to Jim Delos when he was given the opportunity to live forever, so I doubt Ford would want to go down that same path. More detailed guess, Ford's final mission before destroying the cradle is to make Bernard realize he is Arnold. Uh, He already knows that. Currently, Bernard... Knows he looks exactly like Arnold programmed to display his mannerisms, but I believe that Ford will construct, con- conduct the final fidelity tests on Bernard in the cradle using Dolores. What we see at the beginning slash endings at some episodes this season and that it will lead Bernard to the realization that he is Arnold, not just a clone based off of him named Bernard. What? Ford is just simply, Ford just simply added the middle step of Bernard identity to overcome the plateau that Jim Delos could not overcome. Mm. I like this last part because, mm. I don't know, I think the only way they I mentioned this I think he made a Bernard. <laughs> like, why can't you just make a Bernard? I mean, but what is a Bernard but, like, Arnold Light? Like, I think that that is part of it. That they, like, the host has to, like, I don't know, there has to be something uh, I feel like it's rooting not a meaningful them other than just, like, this copy of a person. Oh, wait, the cradle's been shut down in the future? I completely missed that. Uh, yeah, no. There's all those, well, they were saying. Like, there's all those Paris points in the, uh, I guess, like future slash beach timeline, whatever you want to call it. Where it's like, oh, the cradle's offline. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this thing on the ARG for a long time where it was, like said the cradle had been taken down or that like part of it had been destroyed. 
Mm, all right. I also don't like the first part of this theory about like Ford. Wa- I don't think Ford wants to die. I think Ford's no. like biding his time in the cradle. It's like a good place to hide, but he could easily be manifested in a new host body. Like, yeah, I think Ford is like you know he wants to become and music. human. Ford is probably and- still alive. Like he just has a backup of himself in the cradle. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah, he wants to become music, and his music. By music, he means like a host, but he's able to not just be one host if he's in the cradle. He's able to be all of them whenever he wants. Yeah. And if the hosts actually get their shit together and do this whole uprising thing and actually make it, then he can just be one of them and it'll be great. Yeah. But otherwise, he'll die with them and that's fine too, I guess. I pretty much reject both parts of this theory. I don't know. I just don't, I don't think that he's going to try and destroy the cradle, but I think that, yeah, Bernard. I think he's, actually he's like, Arnold. this is like a backwards read of like everything that Ford wants. I think Ford wants the opposite of every everything that's been described in this theory. Like he wants, he wants hosts to like perpetuate. He wants to live on. He like, he wants this whole thing to keep going and be more. He's not trying to like, he's not like, oh, this is terrible and everything must be destroyed. You know? Oh, you know, he wants, he's like super pro host and he's like, hosts yeah. should overtake humans. Okay. But yeah. Next theory. By user Lammy1. Uh, the theory being Ford is using the collective consciousness of the cradle to piece together a true Arnold. So far, we haven't seen any indication that human consciousness can be physically copied from a human brain into a pearl yet. There seems to be more of a suggestion that the behavior and characteristics of a human can be observed, collected, and analyzed in order to create an accurate profile, and then it's programmed into a pearl. I mean, I feel like that's not a meaningful distinction, but whatever. If so, then Ford doesn't necessarily have to have a download of Arnold's consciousness. He can simply tap into the memories and recordings of all the hosts that interacted with him before he died, using them to create a highly detailed and accurate copy of Arnold, something more accurate than Bernard, who was obviously modified to better serve Ford's needs. This would explain why we see Dolores within the cradle and in glorious widescreen performing a fidelity test on behalf of Ford. That's a good point. She knows Arnold intimately in ways that even Ford does not and therefore vital in refining and developing a new Arnold in preparation for inserting for insertion into a physical host. I had forgotten about that opening scene where, where Dolores she's like, is for, performing yeah. a fidelity test on Bernard. Although I'm like, I, I'm confused as to why Reddit is going down this like uh, path of like who whether Arnold is real and whether Bernard is Arnold and like what's a copy and what's a what's a copy of a consciousness versus like a reconstructed consciousness like I mean I think I that know. it's like Bernard is his own thing but he's based on like he has the same cornerstone as Arnold which is like in the fact that humans I guess technically have cornerstones and that Arnold was obsessed with the death of his son and he, Bernard mm-hmm. has the exact same memory like is similar in a lot of different ways um but I think I don't know I like this in the sense that maybe, like, within the cradle, they're trying to perfect this other version of Arnold that Bernard can't really access now. But maybe after he's been in the cradle for a while, he'll have access to all of these, like, to this extra, like, well of Arnoldness if he wants it. I feel like this is like the moon theory. It's like, I feel like this doesn't matter either way. It just doesn't. It, it does not move me. And whether either thing is true, I don't see the impact that it has on anything. I mean, I think it would just be important because Arnold knows a lot of other shit about Westworld's world, Westworld and hosts and host maintenance and the history of all of this that could be beneficial to Bernard and co. going forward. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not that interested. Shocking. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just Let like, Let me want you aboard, Jeremy. I'm like, fine. You know, like, oh, Arnold is, like, I don't care about Arnold's. Uh, like, maybe, meh, you know, whatever. I do find, like, I'm not sure why people are theorizing about this, like, in a larger sense. It just doesn't, I don't, I'm not moved. Anyway, okay, so I think this is all of the Reddit theories that we have. Wow, nice. Um, What do you guys think is going to happen next episode? Oh, man, so much I feel like Mad stuff. Cradle stuff is going to go on. Like mad I think Abernathy, stuff. Abernathy being in Men in Black's clothes—that's like a like someone inhabiting somebody in the cradle. Abernathy inhabiting Man in Black. In the I mean, cradle. I feel like it's maybe a way that they're trying to get Abernathy like to hide him. Yeah. Oh, mm, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe not a cradle. Hold on, thing I'm, I'm at looking all. at it. A little bit right now. But yeah, no, I think that would make sense. I thought that was really cool. Uh, we're also going to get next week the room full of Bernard bots, which I'm interested to see. 
Um, Because Charlotte and Bernard and the security team all walk in on that room full of Bernards, which will be interesting to have uh, Bernard try and explain. Um, I don't know. It looks like some shit's going to go down in the Mesa. As well as there's that one part where Dolores is like, oh, you tried to create us in your image. Do you think I'd let that continue? And I'm like, wow, I'm into that. I don't know. I kind of lost track of everything. Like, I don't even know where the characters are. Where we're like, Man in Black is off doing something. Dolores, Exploded Train, Bernard in the cradle. Uh, it seems like we're kind of going through the motions of like we're really they're really trying to get us from point A to point B. Uh, yeah, this was an episode of like just sort of like moving all right. of the pieces and I think on after the board. Episode four, where we had the you know man in black climactic uh, shit, and like you know the long episode, hello dad, and all that one up. Mm. Um, now the last two episodes have felt a little bit like treading water to me, or or just like getting from one point to the other. Um, and so I don't know, it's kind of hard to predict something because I'm just like it's gonna go where they need us to go next, wherever that is. I mean, it seems like we're gonna get Anthony Hopkins in the flesh to be shown, oh, yeah. or rather in the cradle flesh. Do you think this will be like the only episode he's in? I feel like he will manifest. Depends here. on what the budget is. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins. I mean, he's like three hundred thousand dollars an episode. So that's Anthony a lot. Hopkins yeah. reads the Hollywood Reporter. He knows Anthony what the Hopkins are. get that money. Yeah, I'm proud of you. I Good for him. It. You know what I watched over the weekend? What was? Uh, oh my god. It was. Uh, I want to say, um, Mission Impossible Two. Oh, you watched the Mission Impossibles, right? Tandy Newton is in, and also Anthony Anthony Hopkins. Nice. I watched something where it was like, but I don't know if it was that movie. I feel like it must have been, but they were both in it. I was like, oh, they've known each other like mad long because that was like twenty years ago. I'm proud of them. Anyway, yeah, good for them. Okay, so we have no idea what will happen. I mean, no. I mean, I think all of the (laughs) groups of people are finally more or less in the same location, and that'll be chill. Because hopefully, we'll have one where it's one continuous. Plotline instead of a bunch of Game of Thrones ass jumping around. That's a bit annoying and no real plot progression. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah, they were both in Mission Impossible, too. Anthony Hopkins was in an uncredited role, so he was in it for like two seconds. Yep. I'm not making this up. I only watched three of Mission Impossible for the weekend. I really failed. Wow. Uh, Two was really boring. It was Mission Impossible. I tried to watch. It was a Mission Impossible. I failed heartily. Uh, Ghost Protocol, I need to watch again. Okay. Don't we all? Thanks again for listening to Out West. Remember, you can send us your your theories to outwest at theoutline.com as a voice memo, or use the Anchor app and send us a voice message there. We're produced by James T. Green and Winton Wong. Our score is by John Lago Morsino. I'm Casey Johnston. I'm Jeremy Gordon. And I'm Paris Martineau. And remember, hell is empty, and all the devils are here.